Yeah. Let me introduce you to the elements. Hey, you, I heard you shining, but I got that gold membership. I rose from the bush like Valentine's petals from an unstable family of alkaline metals. Hitting prime time like Channel 5 specials, and I never handle rocks like Palestine rebels with pebbles. The antics and antiquities and Mr. Steve's always got a trick up my sleeve. Miss, please, ancient magic of witchcraft. Skip class, and I barely just passed. A young grasshopper that's trying to switch pads. She trying to get bent like light when it hits glass. Bong smoke got me blazed as hell. Burning weight like them 47 J's. I scale. You can tell by the amazing smell. And my eyes stay tight like I'm Asian. Wow. My man Dirty had the booty just to put me in the right mind. Yeah. Never die as long as we got real shows like this holding us down. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Dormit? 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 I'm tired of this place, Manhattan. I'm sick of these people around here, and I'm leaving right now. I'm out of here. Okay. I'm going back to where I came from. If anybody see this tape and you know me, you know I tried. You know where I came from. You know what I used to be, and I'm gonna get it again. This is Frank Pinello from Best Pizza in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and you're listening to NW3 Radio with Peter Oasis and Don McX. You are listening to WNYU 89.1 FM New York and also online on WNYU.org, the one and only NW3 Radio Show. Yo. This is Don X here. Yo, cho, and cho, cho, to my cho, left. Cho, yo, cho. What's up? Yo, what up? This is Peter Oasis. Yo. Yo, yo. Much different from last week, you know. I made it here on time. Yes, you're you're on time today. Although, though, for like a minute, I was stuck in the uh, in the tunnel again. Yeah, right before you get onto the uh, bridge, and they said that the power was out and all this sort of stuff. But I made it. You made it. Unlike me last night, where you left me stuck in uh, godforsaken middle of nowhere. Hey, man. So yeah, that's that's good, darling. I, I would never leave you. You were in Brooklyn. Yeah, but then you just left. Welcome to Brooklyn. Yo, in the studio, we have, to my right, the one and the only special guest, because you were not billed on this show, introduce yourself. Emily Oberg. You're like grinning like <laughs> ear to ear right now. It's crazy. <laughs> I always want to laugh. I don't know why. You got the giggle going, of course, <laughs> as as usual. Nothing nothing new. Yeah, so, so look, I want to say, I just mm-hmm. want to start this off, there's... There's no better way to start off a rap show today than, than by hope. wishing mm. a very happy birthday, first and foremost. Belated birthday to, uh, to a legend. To LL Cool J, mm-hmm. who is celebrating his birthday today. Oh, his, okay. I his thought you were talking about me. No. Uh, and a belated birthday <laughs> to Emily Oberg. Was, it was also Slick Rick's birthday. Today is Slick, today is Slick Rick's actual birthday, Ooh. although he did celebrate his birthday down at the Brooklyn Bowl with a performance and a special guest appearance by the one and only Nasty Nas. Yes, Nas. Yep. When was this? Uh, uh, Friday, the night of your Friday. birthday party. <laughs> yeah, so, so in, in true Slick Rick fashion, 
Slick Rick put the jewels on Nas, put his di- uh, his gold chains. Nas came out and he rocked it at the Brooklyn Bowl. So. Were you there? No, you know I did see the the photos on a few different sites. Uh, I know that my homie Evan at Up North Trips, uh, he went to had, that. Uh, put some photos up. No, actually, he didn't go there. I got him on the guest list to see uh, the kid from California, uh, YG. Oh yeah, that and, was also that night, uh, and at at uh, over in Times Square. Yeah, and I hooked him up with some tickets, and he didn't show. Interesting. Now, Emily, do you know whose birthday it is as well? Mine. No, that was a while ago, Emily. You have <laughs> today, to move on. Today from that. we celebrate the 70th birthday of <laughs> Elliot Wilson, the uh, the <laughs> music you, journalist. What year did you say his birthday? I, I believe he's 70. <laughs> <laughs> so sh- shouts to uh, Elliot Wilson. Yeah, happy birthday, birthday. To, to Elliot. So he's celebrating somewhere in the city tonight, as you can tell by looking on his Instagram. I'm sure. Yeah, he haven't uh, checked myself. You haven't checked what? His Instagram to see where he's celebrating. I'm sure he's he's out somewhere. Maybe he's out with um, our he's, guest. <laughs> no, he's not with our guest. No. All right, so we ha- we have a, a night lined up, a great night. We have. Emily Oberg here, who's going to sit and giggle, as usual. <laughs> Darmic, we Thank also you. have mm-hmm. the male Emily Oberg, as we like to call him <laughs> on this show. Your words. We're, we're going to introduce him, him in a second. Not at all, though. What's the difference? Why don't you Why don't you explain the difference between you without and, and saying him? his the name? The difference is he does music and I do style. Okay, is that that it? So he basically is the male version of you <laughs> doing music. Is no, okay. we're so different. Uh, elaborate on that. Uh, you want me to explain our personalities? Sure, that's no. a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, go he's, ahead. I guess he's a little more pessimistic. <laughs> pessimistic about what? Life. Okay, well, chill. <laughs> You're I making will... him sound like depressed, <laughs> like we're, sad boy status right now. We're going to get to that in a second. We also have a special guest from um, Dig.com. Yes. Her name is Veronica D'Souza, mm-hmm. and Veronica is going to come up here, and we're going to kind of have a new a new segment where we talk about social media. Because, you know, Darmic, we realize that we're a college radio station, so sometimes we should act like college radio. So Veronica is going to join us in the 10 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to set this up. Emily, I would like you to please move over because the boss oh, is here. Rude. Darmic. <laughs> you knew this was coming, though. Like, you knew this was Wait, coming. Wait, can we still do the phone calls later? Maybe. We'll we, see. We'll, we'll open the call. Yes. All right. So, Darmic. Yes. This is a great day. Okay. I, I, I found out a lot about our guests as we were sitting back there, mm-hmm. kind of shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. As we always do. Now, when I saw our guest appear in the uh, lineup over at Complex Television, I, I had said on Twitter that this is a great idea. And I watched one of his segments and I was very amused. <laughs> And I was very happy to see that Complex went out and they hired a really intelligent, cool friend of the movement. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to give you a little backstory. Our guest here, he sat behind me for my two-day stint over at Mass Appeal Records. You would only last two days, but keep going. Yeah, sh- shout to Mass Appeal. Actually, shout to Sasha Jenkins and our good buddy Hector, mm-hmm. who, who was a guest here a few weeks ago. Yep. So I want... Our guest introduced himself. 
So you, guys, Jinx, uh, my real name is Brandon Jenkins, but we'll go with Jinx for this for this moment right here. Is that what we're going to roll with today? Yeah, let's just go with Jinx. I'm sticking with that. All right, Jinx. Yeah, we advertise it on the flyer as just Jinx. Yeah, that works. Because I tell people Brandon, and then they get like, are you Jinx? Are you Brandon? Then it sounds weird. Then I have to explain myself, so I just go with Jinx. So how you feeling, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm happy you, you accepted our invitation. I know that Dharmic and I have been kicking this around, this idea around for a minute. I actually wanted to stop by earlier, and then I ran to Dharmic at Emily's party that was apparently more important than um, Slick Rick's party. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he called me, and I was like, yeah, sure, of course. Okay. Yeah. It, it was, it's funny because you were, you were the first person kind of brought in to do the on-camera on work for Complex News. Yeah, I was the guinea pig, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, I remember when Peter, when Peter first saw it, you know, he was like, yo, this, this guy's going to be a star. He's going to be out there. And, you know, I'm surprised it actually took us so long to kind of bring you, bring you through because we've definitely always been watching your stuff since, since the beginning. It's been over a year now for you, right? Yeah, I mean, a big part of that is probably me just going, making that commute back to Jersey every day where it's like, yo, do you want to continue living your life or do you want to make this trip back to jersey for three hours so i would make that move you know mm -hmm. and you finally finally moved you were telling me um back in the fall so yeah yeah and it's been it's been cool brooklyn's a little crazy where i live but you know it's crazy everywhere so you're used to crazy if, if the stories you, you tell are, are any amount of true yeah i mean there's <laughs> i have stories that i tell on twitter every once in a while from um like stories growing up or like the story i was telling backstage with the girl in the clown dyke bars life gets crazy man you might as well remember it and tell the stories i mean if you're gonna do it i guess do it for the story, mm -hmm. which is like terrible advice. But <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it for the story. So we we have uh, Brendan Jenkins here, also known as Jinx. This is 89.1 FM WNYU, and uh, I just want to start, you know, so our audience kind of gets familiar with you. Uh, I just let our audience know where and how you started your your career in the media. Man, um, well, first I was unemployed for a really really long time, which sucked, and. Um, I had a girl from high school, this girl, Taria Whedon, and she was actually uh, Peter Bittenbender's assistant at Decon. So she was uh, pretty familiar with the operation. And she knew I was super unemployed and super broke. And she was like, hey, this is a gig. It doesn't pay any money. So I was like, at least I'll be semi-employed. And uh, she gave me a look. And I kind of just went in there, did my thing, met a lot of cool people like Hector, for instance, uh, later Sasha Jenkins, and a lot of great people that um, I've gone on to know and um, have helped me with my career. And uh, I just kind of did my best to hold it down and kind of moved up through the ranks there. The folks at Decon, um, they kind of introduced me to the indie record business. And then from there, I ended up doing like there. It's, it's the operation so small that it's like you have to wear so many different hats. So you end up learning a lot. And then eventually they uh, acquired Mass Appeal. And then I started working there and kind of gave my first introduction to the magazine business. Got my name in a couple um couple editions of print and really learn the game from like cats like sasha mm -hmm. and then um ncp over complex hit me up and he was like yo man um you know i hear you're doing some things uh you want to meet and then from that point on i moved over to complex and it's been great nice so so when did you start at mass appeal man mass appeal i mean if you started at decon you were just starting yeah. at mass appeal like it's all right. in one office so i started at decon in 2011 uh like may 2011 um and then afterwards they acquired Mass Appeal, I want to say, towards... The earlier stages was towards 2012, mm -hmm. but eventually it kind of... Really started it, 2013. Yeah, it hit the public in 2013. I mean, I remember when we were buying, the, you know, acquiring the URL and the Facebook and social media pages. I remember, like, mapping out the wireframing for the site. So I was around there, like, when there was guys like Treats in the mix and stuff like that, so... Yeah, shouts to DJ Treats, yep. always. Yeah, Treats is a great dude. He's always holding it down. Yo, so on my way here, I'm riding the train, 
And I always think about, like, yo, how am I going to start this off? I'm kind of like a rapper, right? I'm like, am I going to freestyle? Am I going to write this? And I kind of, in my mind, and I I know I told Dharmic last night, Dharmic and I went out to meet a uh, a friend of ours. We were working on a project, and we were out pretty late. And uh, Dharmic and I are sitting in the Atlantic Avenue train station out in Brooklyn. And I was like, yo, the first thing I'm going to say to Brandon, I'm going to tell him that, like, I respect him a whole lot because in in the media today, not only the media, just in general, in life, there are a lot of people who hide behind avatars and they, they may be using their own, own name as a handle, but to a lot of people, especially that I follow on Twitter, they're just names and opinions and you kind of put yourself out there and 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 this goes for for emily as well because you're putting your face out there and when you're putting your face out there people relate to you in an entirely different way than anyone else you're a tv celebrity to to a certain extent i'll say putting my face out there definitely taught me a lot about the internet you know um it's easy to talk crazy and do whatever you want to do behind a picture of an egg or it's easy to go out there and just say whatever you want, you know, with the idea of anonymity or just distance. You know, there's times where just even how you approach a story, it's like, man, this is my face out there. You know, like this is going to be something where someone sees me, they're going to, you know, they get to meet me ahead of time. I say that all the time is that they get the opportunity to, to in some ways meet me. And I don't want them to meet the wrong me. So when they encounter it, it's like, oh, this guy's whack or this guy's cool. Or they might think that I have attributes that I don't have. So I try to bring some of that to the table. And um, I'm still trying to figure it out, you know. I have legitimately no formal training, but the people over at Complex have been super patient with me, and I've had a lot of people helping me, and even hearing words from people that, you know, I just respect is something that lets me know, all right, maybe I'm doing some things right, and then I just kind of roll with it. So was your first day at Complex your your first day on camera, or, or what? Yeah, what? completely. Okay. Like, I kind of just showed up, and then they were like, oh, let's do this this thing on camera. And I was like, word? You, you know? were like, do I keep my pants on, or <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing here? I mean, I remember the operation we first started, and I was super... I mean, the, the first videos are still online, and I've actually asked to have them taken down, but they won't. But it's like, it was super awkward. I was like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And as you... Just repetition gets you better, but also after a while, like, you just have your boys or people that you do respect tell you, like, yo, that's kind of whack. Like, you need, to, you need to figure this out. I don't feel like the guy that I'm chilling with right now is the guy I see on camera. So... There's moments where you'd have to approach a story and like, I'll even sit there like, man, how would I say this? So like, if I'm talking to you guys right now, how would I say it? And I hope that comes through, you know? Yeah. I think also as you keep doing it, you become more comfortable. It's kind of an uncomfortable situation, like being filmed. It's it's completely uncomfortable. It's, it's so weird to like look into a camera and you have to front like you're talking to mad people, but that's like, it's the truth. Mm hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty similar to radio in a lot radio in a lot of ways, you know, because you guys we're all here, but you're speaking to so many people. It, it I'd say I'd liken it to when you're doing the radio show by yourself, like when I'm here by myself. Occasionally, I'll host like new afternoon show or something, and that can get uncomfortable the same way videotaping can be because you don't know you don't know if you're really talking to anybody at that point. Here, I'm like talking to you, I'm talking to Peter. Yeah. It's like a conversation. We're all hanging out. You know, there's plenty of people. When you're just by yourself, it's just like, um, is is anybody listening? Are is anybody out there you know and it's just the other side to that is you can get too comfortable and you might let go of some stuff that you're not ready to let go of you know like just because you you get so vested in it Mm -hmm. i mean there there are certain certain 
performers. I mean, there's this one rapper. We used to joke around, and we would say, like, this kid probably spent, you know, 50% of his childhood in front of the mirror practicing for this moment. <laughs> you know, like, he... Some people train for it, right? Yeah. Some people train to be in front of the camera. So at that moment, when the camera's in front of you and they turn it on and they say, action... You know they're so spot on they they've trained their whole life yeah. and here you are you know coming from a place where you needed some money you kind of wanted to be in the media you know you, you got your you got your feet wet over at mass appeal next thing you know you show up at complex and they're like oh you're a pretty face you could talk <laughs> you seem cool you dress well why don't you get in front of the, you know get in front of the camera I mean, you saw me at, at Mass Appeal. Like, I was this. Well, I wasn't prepared for this at all. You know, I was kind of in the background. Um, you know, doing stuff behind the scenes, and whether it was stuff on the site or stuff working with the brand. And even when I was there, like, I'm pretty sure I was relatively quiet. You know, and this is something that is totally different for me, but it's also allowed me to actualize certain things in my persona that I maybe wasn't able to do before. You know, or say things, or do things, or even I mean, especially go places and meet people. These experiences that. I don't, even, I don't even know if necessarily I thought about them, but they're here now, and it's dope. Elaborating on that, what, what have you learned about yourself doing this for the last year? Um, well, like I was saying with the internet, you learn to have a lot more respect for other people um, because you put yourself out there. And just in like, I mean, it could even be, be like Twitter, right? Like, people talk crazy, and you start to hone in what you're going to say about other people or what you even your thought process because you're aware that you're out there and you're just as open to be judged i think another thing i've kind of picked up doing this job is um like you got to man up in multiple like aspects of your life and this is a job that if you don't man up the evidence is right there for everyone to digest and, and to pick apart and dissect so you got to step up to the plate i mean i remember my first day i tell emily about it all the time how nervous i was and i was just like man there was a point in time where I was walking down the hallway in the office like, yo, did I, did I just blow it? Like, did I mess up? Did I make the wrong decision? But you just man up to it. No, you got to you have to step up. And once you do that, it's it's like wildfire. You end up you become almost addicted to it. You know, you want to keep finding moments where you can just be ill. Yeah, this is 89.1 FM. Uh, we broadcast from the basement here at New York University. You could also listen to us on Stitcher. You may be listening to us on WNYU.org. The name of the show is Now Where Were We? We are an interview and music show. We love rap music. And most of all, we love folks in the media. And uh, today we are welcoming a great young personality from uh, the Complex Magazine family. He goes by the name of Jinx. Mm -hmm. So that's how I put him down on the flyer. Mm -hmm. Jinx. His name is Brandon Jenkins. No relation to, and you know I'm going to bring this up, you dropped his name, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Sasha Jenkins. Who's been here before on the on the show. Who has been here. He was up here with our, our homie Rost. And uh, when I first, I was like, yo, man, I was like, I didn't know Sasha has a dark-skinned side of the family. <laughs> yo, I get that all the time. I was like, yo, I was like, I was like, this dude Haitian like Sasha? Especially because you you were from Mass Appeal. Like, when I first heard your name, I was like, wait, is this, that Sasha's, like, like, brother or something? It was crazy that I was, I might have been necessarily in the, ma I mean, I'm sure Sasha was a part of, like, the bigger picture, but I was definitely in the office before he was. And as he came around, there were people that I had met before that, like, I thought knew me then they met Sasha and then they had to re-meet me like oh that's Sasha's younger blah 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 and they thought it was nepotism I'm like no nah, I've worked to, to own to be in this seat but I mean if there's anyone you're gonna be connected to it's like not a bad thing you know 
Were you, what were you doing at Mass Appeal, by the way, for your two-day stint? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know what I did right over in that office. I didn't give them any of my amazing ideas. And, uh, you know, <laughs> because for, for some reason I feel that if I would have given them my ideas that I'd probably be underpaid for that stuff. No shots. Shouts to Mass Appeal. No shots. No shots. I, Brandon Jenkins. Darmic, what? Darmic's here. He's like fiddling with his phone. I have to coordinate everything. We have another person coming later on. I have to, you know, handle the logistics here, Peter. Not not everybody can just sit down, recline, and like talk, you know? I have work to do. Yes, so Brandon, (laughs) you're you're from the tri-state. I am. We were talking about this. Jersey. You're from Jersey. Uh Most importantly, where in Jersey are you from? I'm from Somerset, but it's the New Brunswick area, so right... I live on the same street as Rutgers. And, And what we were talking about, how... How cool it is. New Brunswick is the home of the one and only Mark Echo. Very true. And uh, Mark Echo probably started his graffiti career there. And he pressed up his first Echo t-shirt. And that was Echo and it was spelled E-C-H-O. Yeah. And here you are. You're part of the Mark Echo family. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I think about, um, I remember like one had cool gear and this older cat that I knew had an Echo shirt and I'd never seen it before. And I was like, yo, it's ill. Where do I get it from? He told me this spot like all against all odds in Jersey. So I went over there and it was like I had to get it for school shopping and got it. And that was like my first experience with anything Echo. And after that, I was kind of on, you know, I was like, all right, man, let me like cop more of their gear. And it was like it, it looked really ill. And I had no clue he was from Jersey. I had no clue that he had resided in New Brunswick, but it was in stores. Um, before I started at Complex, you know, I was like super nervous trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I like cop Mark Echo's book. And I'm trying to read through it and learn more about this guy and to see how it's really crazy how much his life or like the place he's been in the time he's been there and his interests and all these things have aligned with my own interests. It's wild, but it, it's dope to see him, you know, even when we're in the office, he's always a nice guy, super cool. And it's dope to kind of see some of the cloths that he was cut from or some of the things that influenced me. So it lets me know I'm, I'm in at least good company and at the very best the right you know the right place yeah Darmic, i was digging for music today and um i was like real deep on youtube and the underground rap rap section and um i had come across something that i had forgotten about um mark echo would give you a mixtape tapes that came the underground the, yeah. airplay mixtapes that were curated by the one and only lyricist lounge which, mm. who are you know by by far or could be considered, along with myself and, and a few other people, the best rap concert promoters in New York City history. And here I am, I'm clicking around, and I see these old-school Echo logos, and you can go on YouTube, just search uh, Underground Airplay, and you're going to see how far, how far ahead of the curve Mark Echo was. This was 1993. I guess the equivalent of it today would be a free download with your purchase of a t-shirt yeah, on no Karma problem. Loop or something. Yeah, maybe. I actually remember the mixtapes and it's funny because uh, Against All Odds was carrying, like they were carrying Echo stuff and so they would give you the mixtapes and I remember when they would run out and people would get pissed. So Against All Odds started making their own mixtapes and they kind of bit Mark's whole, like his whole wave. Ooh. But, you know, it, it set a standard, and like it, it really was ahead of the curve. You were getting, you were getting music. It was the whole package. You were getting music. If you know, it would come with like some level of artwork on top on the cover. The shirts were, they weren't like a shirt that just had like the brand name on it. Like it just say Nietzsche and that's it or something like that. Like it was. And there was a partnership with the Lyricist Lounge, who were very relevant. You know, they were producing 
Biggie Smalls concerts at the Supper Club in New York. Man, there are so many people that I've run into that have either either respect or looked at their work and or just I've actually had a chance to meet and the lyrics they've in some way, shape or or form they've come from the Lyrics Lounge show. Like they either went there or they had something to do with it. And it's kinda wild being a part of I hope I'm a part of the new guard, you know? And seeing these people that like I mean, I think about, you know, cats like Mark or cats like Jeff Staple or any of these people that have just been in the mix, you know, anywhere down Orchard Street or, you know, New York in general, and how they've informed so much of what people do today, and they people don't even know where they're pulling it from because it's just out there now, and you can't necessarily necessarily associate it with a name or a person. But, like, like I saw, um, who is it, like, Grotesque, Kimu Meyer, like, he's old-school Echo, you know? And it's like he's going on to do Double Day and Cartwright and all these crazy things, you know, like, you'll open up an issue of Mass Appeal or Complex, and there's, like, a Nike ad in it that he drew in the the magazine the guy who used to work for him it's it's just crazy how it's all interwoven but people have no clue they either i don't know if that they they don't care but they're definitely not doing their research yeah you either like were in the know and and kind of got or got passed info got passed on to you or you just don't know <laughs> and there's really n- almost no way of knowing in in a way what's crazier now is that there's the internet out there so people have this idea like oh i know everything but you only know as much as people put on the internet and as far as you click for the evening right and then it's also like this false sense of knowledge where you assume you've like retained this information i remember this cat i was arguing with this young cat i know uh ryan sadler and i was arguing with him and he was like yo man you know like whose generation was like smart or something stupid Mm -hmm. and he was like um you know, my generation has Google. I'm like, dog, man, the generation before us made Google. And you're not retaining any of that. Like, you're just, it's like this weird sense of ownership. And it's not real. You got to really go out and do things. You got to really go out and meet people. I mean, there's people who are like Research Mark or Research Echo or Complex. Like, I bought Complex. Like, I wore Echo, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and in some ways, I, I hope that's filtered up into like the guy I am today. Or at least the things I like, you know, at the very least. Maybe not like my morals, but you know, <laughs> what I'm wearing for the day or what I'm reading and stuff that I'm taking in. It's wild to like read a magazine and not work with these guys. And, you know, it's like some of these people, they were my mentors like from afar. I just like their stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yo, so we have Brandon Jenkins here. Mm-hmm. Brandon is going gonna, is gonna to come back in a minute. Uh, we're going to play some music. And then we are gonna, we're going to welcome someone else to the show for the very first time. Jinx. This is a big day here today. Yeah, you know what we're going to do in a bit? We are going to give you the Emily Oberg treatment, and it's only right. We're going to open up the phones <laughs> so your female fans can speak to you. you know now, what? now, no, this is going to be horrible, because what's going to happen is that all Emily's fans are going to call, and they're going to invite her to a date. And no, does that happen? Do, like, do you have fans the way Emily has fans? Yeah. I don't. You know, like, yes. Emily has fans that show up at her birthday party and don't even talk to her. It's crazy. Like, she has, like... <laughs> Wait, she, did people show up to your birthday party? They did. They were, like, in the corner. Like, <laughs> they did that they showed up, but, like, didn't talk to Like, me. they were tweeting at her in the party, like, hey, I'm here. And then afterwards, they were like, yeah, you... Like, I saw you, but you were too turned up, you know? <laughs> Which is, like, not true at all. I couldn't even get her to drink no, at her well, birthday. Easily the most excited sober person I've ever met in my life. True, true. Yeah, that's fair enough. She was dancing, but... But, no, I don't have I don't have female fans like Emily does. So. Well, we'll find out when we when we open up the phone lines. It's going to be bad. NW3 Radio with Peter Oasis, Darmic X, Emily Oberg. We got young Kyle in the building. And uh, shouts to uh, Fool's Gold because they blessed us with yes. some caps, especially Kyle, who made the trip out here. Yes. And... There's, there's enough love for Fool's Gold. Darmic, Senor Swanky, hit the music. I was born in Taiwan. 
तब तो मैं मुख्यमंत्री नहीं था प्रधानमंत्री नहीं था तो एक इंटरप्रेटर मेरे साथ था कुछ दिन साथ रहने के बाद परिचय हो गया तो एक दिन मुझे पूछता है कि आपको अगर बुरा न लगे तो मैं आपको एक सवाल पूछना चाह रहा मैंने कहा मुझे बुरा नहीं लगेगा पूछिए क्या पूछना चाहिए बोले आपको बुरा नहीं लगेगा ना मैंने कहा नहीं लगेगा पूछिए फिर भी वो झिझक रहा है फिर मुझे कह रहा था कि मैंने सुना है कि भारत में तो काला जादू होता है ब्लैक मैजिक होता है साफ सफेरे का देश है लोग सांप को ही खेल करते रहते हैं यही है क्या मैंने कहा नहीं अब हमारे देश का बहुत डिवेल्यूएशन हो मैंने कहा हमारे पूर्वज तो सांप के साथ खेलते थे लेकिन हम माउस के साथ खेलते This is 89.1 WNYU here, Greenwich Village, New York, on the beautiful campus of New York University. Coming up at the 10.30 hour. The That's most, not an hour, by the way. Okay, sorry. The, the 10, coming, <laughs> coming up, up at, at 10.30. 10:30. Check it out. DJ Eclipse will be here. Emily Oberg's favorite person in the world will be here. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Skiz and the entire halftime crew. Halftime show is the longest or the second longest running hip hop show in New York City. Uh, the first being the Underground Railroad, mm, right? With the one and only Jay Smooth. Shout to Jay. Uh, Jay, Jay had been up to our show before. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say first. I want to say that. If you want to hear any past episodes of our show, you're going to go on SoundCloud. That's SoundCloud NW3 Radio. You could also find us on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, on iTunes. You're simply going to search NW3 Radio. You could tweet at DharmicX if you have any complaints about the show. You can't tweet at me because I don't play the Twitter game. And um, that kind of leads into our guest, Dharmic. Mm-hmm. Now... I do spend some time on Twitter reading people's tweets, and I also like Twitter. I kind of use it as a. I feel like it's your stress relief. I feel like you use it as your stress relief too. You like will spew out a string of tweets that you'll delete probably in this case twenty four well, hours I, later. I have always deleted my tweets when when in in the golden age of Twitter. Oh God! When Twitter has a golden age. It, it was okay. There there was a time on Twitter when people didn't think that other people were listening or watching and you kind of felt really comfortable like as if you were talking to your friends and to me that was the golden age because a lot of people like myself the uh, 30 to 35 year old media set would go on there and tell pretty personal stories and it was pretty awesome now what we get is a lot of ranting a lot of music talk and politics and blah 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 now our next guest Darmic, mm-hmm. would you like me to introduce her? Yes, do the honors. Our next guest is someone who I actually follow on Twitter, and I thought she would be perfect to come in. Darmic and I, pretty much, we kind of stay away from different segments. Like we like to have this as a more conversation-based show where we shoot the breeze. That's the second time I said that tonight, Darmic. I I really want to say shoot the ish. Yeah, I know. You see us shoot the breeze quite often, actually. That's not the first time. This isn't the first day. Yeah, and, and I just realized that we're on FM radio. Mm-hmm. So, Darmic, I'm going to set this up. Okay. Um, Veronica's here. Veronica D'Souza. Mm-hmm. Is for, check your mic. Check. I'm here. You, you are, are here. here. I'm here. I'm really here now. <laughs> I, 
It's official. Veronica knows a thing or two about social media. Uh, just introduce yourself to our audience and, and what you do. You know, how do you pay the bills, God? <laughs> the internet pays my bills for more internet. Uh, I work at Dig. I'm the social media editor, among other things. We're a startup, so everyone has like 20 jobs. Um, that's what I do all day. I pretty much look at Twitter for most of the day. So it's awful and great and again back to terrible at the same time mm-hmm. but i totally get how you feel about it okay dharmic it's great all right but we, we actually i'm gonna be honest with you veronica we don't plan ahead at all <laughs> and dharmic was like you know what what can we talk about today and i was like tell veronica to chill i'm, I'm gonna get back to her in two minutes i'm like i'm, I'm just getting up i was kind of up late because we were out with our friend Howard Bloom last night, and um, I, I, I luckily enough, I look at Twitter, and then Twitter is this stream of endless information and junk. But inside of all that junk and whatever was happening, there was a retweet, Darmic, and I, I want you to pull it up. Okay, um, DJ Diplo, the DJ, and. EDM personality had tweeted something, I think, last night. Mm-hmm. And I, I want Darmic to read that tweet. Okay. The tweet... No, I don't know if it was last night or, or when exactly it was, because it's deleted. Um, He ended up deleting it. Oh, I guess it was like a week ago. Uh, About a week ago. <laughs> like Bobby Schmurder's career? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, the tweet reads, Girls are still pretty, even... If they get a bloody nose or black eye every once in a while with nail emojis. That doesn't make any sense to me, actually. No, I don't totally understand it. It doesn't. But as as we know, you put something on Twitter. And if you're not that articulate and you're not that good of a writer, what you say can get twisted. So the feminist Twitter brigade kind of jumped on it and they were like, Whoa, this Diplo guy, what did you just say? Is that correct, Darmic? It appears so. You seem to know more about this than I do. I, I didn't even notice this thing until you brought it up to me. Great. You really do your job. <laughs> no, but but there was another similar situation actually today as well. I believe Lupe Fiasco has uh, quit from Twitter for the second time in his life. I, we're already at a stage of Twitter where you can quit more than once, apparently. <laughs> but Lupe has spent, um, or Lupe, as he's more affectionately known now at this stage in his career, has spent um, the last couple months going at everybody he can go at who will respond to him. And um, I think Kid Cudi was recently, Azalea Banks as well, some more other people. A lot's been going on with police brutality and Lupe. It always feels like he has to say something that's opposite of what everybody else is saying. And so, yes, today he said, this is my last tweet, I'm done, and he quit. All right, so we bring Veronica up here because she is the social media person. And, And we, first thing... I don't know how you want to go about this, Darmic. We could one. I wanted to talk about what. What? How do you shut up someone? And, and all right, I could imagine that real stars, real celebrities, have someone looking over their back, telling them what to tweet. I could imagine that some celebrities don't even tweet because their handlers won't let them touch the wheel and crash the car. Mm-hmm. Right. Why don't, why don't we let Veronica chip ch- uh, chime in at this point? So I think when it comes to famous people, whether it's musicians or actors or whoever it is, I think that for a a while before the internet, they weren't really driving the car. 
And I think that now that there's internet, they have the opportunity to kind of like be themselves and have a voice. The problem isn't uh, the fame or that they're a musician or that they're an actor. I think it's that on the internet, there's a there's context, and on on Twitter, each tweet, like a lot of people tweet in in strings. So one taken out of context can be really really bad and this has happened a lot of times but you know to Lupe to Diplo a bunch of times to Patton Oswalt to a lot of famous people who have this like huge platform and all these people that follow them and I I wouldn't blame like the feminist brigade or like any group in particular it's just that these a lot of people just don't realize that a dumb thing they say in private to their friends taken out of context is really bad Mm-hmm. And they're a public figure and people look up to them and whether or not they ask for that responsibility, they have it. So that Diplo tweet doesn't really make sense, but you can draw some things out of it. And that's why he deleted it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he didn't mean it that way, like he realized something was wrong and t- took it down for a reason. I think we can agree. Right. Yeah. Um, or he was told. I can imagine the good folks over at right. Biz3 were probably like, yo, probably Wes, like, hey, you, you got to get rid of this because it, please know, delete. it sounds wrong. And the. Lupe thing, I mean, his response, he was kind of like, I never liked dealing with the public anyway. That was like his quote, which is, okay, I respect that. But he was also getting himself in the middle of some really heated arguments about very serious issues. And if you don't want to take that are very public, that serious, you know, you can say what you want about like Azalea Banks and Nikki Azalea and like all those people. But like, I feel like even they take what they're saying seriously, and I don't think he did. I think he just wanted to like stir the pot a little. And when it comes to heated issues like r- racism and like what's happening now, like across the country, like people don't want to joke with that. And I, I just don't think he understood that. So m- maybe Twitter is a better place without him. Yeah, I think Do we so. Need him? I think so. I-, I think we're better off. I think we're better off without him for a lot of things these days, even <laughs> musically too. At this point in his career, calm down. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I was a big fan of what, what of the mic. Okay, Peter says turn on the fourth mic, so we turn on the fourth mic or the fourth wall as it is. Um, but I think Lupe, there was a point in the in Lupe's career where he was amazing, you know, and I was a huge fan of him. And I think if you look at his more recent output, it it just hasn't necessarily been um, up to par musically either. But you know, Lupe is somebody we go to for like commentary for for insight on things like this normally, or was at one point. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised by some of the stuff he was saying, and I I think I think it was inappropriate, and it was just like not. I don't think there's ever a time to say stuff like that, but especially right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know he had a huge following. I don't know what the exact number, but I can assume it was it, close to a million, if not over. I think so, yeah. And I just think that he he didn't take that seriously, and he should. Mm. Dar- Darmic, I, I gave uh, Brandon Jenkins a mic. Yo, Jenks, I'm back. Do you have any idea what Lupe said? Are you following the story? You know, it's crazy. I actually just looked at a post on Complex charting all his his various beefs that he had, and there's a lot. Um, and I also don't think uh, I don't think he's gone. I don't think he's gone at all. Like you can deactivate your page for like a couple days, and he's gonna bounce back. Uh, it's kind of hard to to keep up with his arguments. I mean, there's so many, and they kind of spin off into like from other celebs to like just folks on Twitter. Lupe's clearly unhappy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's really with all these things that are going on or the people that he's talking to. I think he's there's, there's some unhappiness that's there because it shines through his Twitter. And there's only 140 characters to show how sad he is. You know? I, I actually really agree with that. And I think that it's 
more with his career. I feel like he's not in control of a lot of things that he does. So this is a chance for him to like be him. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna say something crazy, but it'll be me. I made it, which great. But this is maybe not the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really bad time for him. his. his t- he's got to be the king of having poor timing. Like, forever. yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember down to when his first album like leaked. He had his advanced copy, which people were saying was arguably better than his initial like debut album. He just had bad timing. That's some people are cursed with that, you know. Yeah. And some people just like. Like when your car's getting ready to crash, he he like he presses the gas. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I, look, guys, I don't want to rush to judgment and say that Lupe should be on suicide watch, no. because as we know, when when most of these guys are tweeting, they're in their boxers, probably you know finishing their Lucky Charm cereal. You know, the the blunt is is burning in the <laughs> ashtray. This guy could be having the time of his life. Very Who true. knows? Like, that's the thing about Twitter. Again, you don't know. That's true. Yeah, and it, true. it gets serious. Real. I mean, I've been on the receiving end of, like, death threats on, on Twitter for, like, and it was in, in the middle of, do you guys hear about G- Gamergate? Mm-hmm. That yeah, whole yeah, thing? Yeah. Yep. So I made a joke. Like, it wasn't even, like, it was, like, very a lighthearted joke. And all these Gamergate supporters, and mostly men, yeah. were just, like, cursing and screaming at me on Twitter and I was getting emails and I'm on Tumblr so I was getting anonymous like Tumblr ass all week long just like about how people are going to kill me I was Jeez. like wow this is okay and I don't, I have like not that many followers when you compare yeah. me to like Lupe Fiasco it's like not that many but the amplification is out of your control uh, how about you Jinx have you had death threats man the worst thing like anyone ever says to me is like yo Jinx you're whack or like why are you wearing <laughs> Why are you wearing that shirt? You know what I mean? That's like that's like my the voice I assume that they're typing in. Like, why are you wearing that shirt? And it's like, yo, like, dude, you you really like care about my shirt, man? You know? Like no one says anything crazy to me. It's like, but I'm also not talking about like I mean, I talk about real issues a lot of the time too. Like, you know, they send me to Ferguson, like we'll go and we'll go places where it gets heavy. But like a lot of times we're talking about music and like cool things that people enjoy. And the worst would be like, man, like the nature of someone that's really on Twitter or like someone that's in the comments these days, it's like the message boards back in the day where like you could go there like even people I've seen come out of the message boards and are like really doing things in real life. The nature of it today is like I wish I was doing something, but I'm not really going to push myself to go do it. So I'm just going to be here. and I'm going to say crazy things like behind this this digital veil. So most of it's not serious, but it does get serious. Like if someone's threatening you, that's not serious. I've never gotten that. I hope I don't. But then also, like, I get in the comments, I talk crazy to people, too. Like, that's just, like, who I am. Like, I, there's something about you doing something that makes me feel like, you know what? You're crossing the line. I might need to check you. This is NW3 Radio on 89.1 FM WNYU. We are talking about how to protect your neck when you are in the Twitter zone. Uh, Brandon Jenkins is here. Uh, Brandon is a on-air personality, all-around nice guy from Complex... Complex. Darmic, I can't believe we're saying complex. We'll, we'll talk about that later. We had a we had a complex ban here for a while, but I, I guess you know what you're here. You're, you're the next generation, so I, I welcome you with open arms. We have uh, Veronica D'Souza. Did I say that right? It's D'Souza. Uh, it's okay. I forgive you, Veronica. Close enough. Veronica is the social media. What what it's, what's your exact title at Dig? Uh, we don't even really have. I, I guess it would be social media editor would be like the closest to what, what I do on a daily basis. But yeah, it, it's a lot of looking at internet. Nice. So look, guys out there, if you aspire to uh, work in the internet space, there, there's definitely a job for you. Darmic, let our listeners know how they can call in 
if, if anyone out there wants to ask our guests any questions. What's going on here? Uh-oh. The number is 212-998-1818. Two, one, two, there you two, go. Nine, nine, eight, one, eight, one, eight. So if you want to talk to either Brandon Jenks or Veronica, you could call up. Now, guys, so we're talking about tweets. Um, on, on I, I brought up that we shouldn't watch out for Lupe. You know, we shouldn't put him on, on suicide watch. But in, in, on the real, there have been some very famous last tweets. Um, there's the DJ AM tweet. Before oh, yeah. he had committed suicide, he tweeted, New York, New York, big city of dreams. Mm-hmm. And Dharmic, uh, one that hits closer to home. For me personally, yeah. For you personally. The Capital Steez tweet, the end, um, about yeah. three years, two two years ago at this point. Yep. Um, that was around Christmas Eve. He, all he said was the end, and then he um, he committed suicide as well. You know what's kind of crazy about that is that that lives on, and it reminds you. It's like I always tell my family members if you have like some really real news to tell me, like if it's like a death in the family, do not text me. Like you call me. You know, like I there's just something really natural about that, like moving on and progressing. And I don't think as humans we really know how to like this stuff is so new to us. Like we're the first generation to encounter this. Like we don't know what it's doing to us. Like you can go revisit I'm not sure Capital Caesar's page is still up. It is still up. It, it's still up. I had to unfollow it, actually, because I don't really... Because you can revisit it at any point. It's yeah. like, even Facebook pages, like, they become memorials for people, and it's, in a lot of ways, it's like, it's weird. Like, we don't know what to do with that, you know? It's it's brand new to us, and we have no clue what it's doing to us. Well, I, I would imagine that people in their wills now will kind of, you know, let their, you know, surviving members of their family know what to do with their social media pages. I don't I don't know if, if that's a thing. Veronica, have you heard of anything like that? Uh, I haven't heard of that, but I know that Facebook at least has an option where if a family or, or friend dies, you can re- request their page to be turned into a m- memorial and you have to just prove who you are and that you're related to them and they'll turn it into like, you know, so that... I guess they hand over the reins to you and like block some of it. I don't mm. know the ex- the exact, but I, I know that they that was offered as an option because people kept requesting it. Like, what do I do with my son's Facebook page? What do I do with my dad's Facebook page? It, it um, might be dark, but I kind of just want to check out. You know, yeah. like I don't. I, there's a lot of things in my my Facebook page, my Twitter account. Like my mom doesn't need to see. Like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm branding to her. You know, yeah. like she doesn't need to see Jinx. You know, I I think that like Would you? yeah, there's things like once I'm gone, like. You know, I'm out. But at the same time, um, I've noticed with a, with a uh, there was a dude proverb who was a blogger who passed away in the fall, and social media was a, was a way was the only way anybody who knew him in this world knew anything about his status, like knew that he passed away. And I think social media can also be a tool to let people know what happened. You know, because if, if we're only connected to people, and there are certain people who we're only connected to online. The only way we can find out something happened to them is online, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, you, this, that's the that's the other token of it. His wife was, took over his Facebook page and, and let people know, and that's how we people found out. All right, I want to lighten this up a bit, man. We're here like <laughs> it's dark, dark. Bit. we're here sad boys moment. <laughs> Yo, a- Emily Oberg's in the corner, like I'm falling asleep and I'm crying. <laughs> this is horrible. It's like, Yo, when I die, I don't give him my password. <laughs> yeah, there are yeah. some people who do that, who like friends who trade p- passwords. Like, hey, if anything happens to me, delete everything. <laughs> Where are we going? 
Oh man. Yeah, where are we going? Yo, yo, Jinx, I, I want you to pass the mic. We got another homie in the building, a homie Kyle from uh, Fool's Gold. I, I wanna I wanna involve everyone because there's, there's so many great minds in the room and it's very rare that we have a serious discussion like this. I don't think it may be because Veronica's here. Like we I do that. We we put on our suits and ties today, <laughs> kinda put on we usually hear like trashing people, to be honest. <laughs> I am all about trashing rappers. You are all about trashing people. Unless it's New York related, in which case you don't trash them at all for no reason. Well, I have this thing, Kyle, Veronica, Darmic, Emily, and Jinx. I do not trash New York rappers. I am a homegrown rap uh, rap celebrity uh, in my own right. Um, I'm patting myself on the back right now. A little humble brag. But I don't, I don't trash New York rappers. One, because... I, I know the struggle, the New York. There's definitely a New York struggle, right? But there are some some rappers that need some trashing. I mean, whenever I see a free Bobby Schmurder tweet on the internet, I kind of just like, I'm like, this dude is had allegedly, you know, ran a gang and they're moving all types of drugs and they're killing people. Like, you have some nerve to tweet free this guy okay like free him that, that i keep him in jail that, that, but well, i guess bobby schmurder was the exception to the not dissing new york bobby schmurder well. is definitely the exception to not trashing new york rappers what okay, about but, max b yeah do we free max b <laughs> uh, uh, yeah i i don't know much about max b or his, or his trial shot a guy allegedly allegedly okay Oh, here we go, Brandon. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like the Max B resident expert, like <laughs> for like the least the next three states. And uh, <laughs> Max B was involved like in a plot that ultimately like resulted in the guy dying. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing as Schmurder. Like he's out here committing like legit crimes. But I really miss Max B. I really, I really miss him. <laughs> what was his role in the crime? Like, was it a serious role? Yeah, like they were trying to like hold like him and a girl were trying to like hold up like this this dude. And um, it like base. I'm kind of like the, the details are a little bit blurry, but someone died, so he was like it was like a plot. Like he's the, directly responsible. Yeah, like conspiracy okay. to commit. Basically, I mean, he's directly can't involved. Can't really defend that. No, no, like <laughs> he's he's definitely in jail for forever, but you know, like, he's, he's done. Yeah. But like I I miss Max B. I remember at one point he got a a phone in jail and was tweeting in jail and sending <laughs> pictures. It was amazing. I miss him. <laughs> oh, well, speaking speaking of rappers who who are who are in some stuff right now, um, Cool C. The uh, old school rapper. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's, he's sitting on death row. I think Darmic. They had delayed this. He he was to be electrocuted or put to rest. He was going to be executed. He's in Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia, so it's Pennsylvania. And and they put a. He was supposed to be executed last Thursday, and they put a stay on the execution. Okay, and in that case. He killed an officer of the law. Well, he's still being punished. He's just not being executed. Okay. Yet yet so that hasn't really changed and his circumstances still haven't really changed i mean you, you know there, there are some things and veronica i think this all the time what if there was twitter in during the the rodney king beating what if there was twitter i do this what if there was twitter yeah. for all these scenarios th throughout history i use the snoop dogg murder for example when you were going at bobby schmurder i use the snoop dogg example what would you say when snoop dogg was on trial for killing somebody I, 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 well, 
I think Snoop Dogg has a lot more to offer uh, culturally and, and artistically. Now, 20 years later. Than about some guy who goes on record and goes, about a week ago, <laughs> and throws his hat in the air. I'm sorry, Darmic. That's subjective, but I Darmic, mean, you're talking okay. 20 years after you're, the fact. You're going to sit here, Darmic, and you're going to tell me. I love getting him Go mad. listen to Snoop Dogg's debut album, okay? And then go listen to the Bobby Schmurter song. And as a matter of fact, go listen to that crap mixtape that he put out after you and really you're going to tell me that that you're going to tell this. you're going to tell this. me that Bobby Schmurter is, is important to, to to our culture to urban culture no. to hip hop what I'm going to tell you is that murder is very different from conspiracy to commit drug dealing is what I'm going to tell you what do you, do, can someone here please pull, pull, pull up the charges against Bobby Schmurter Darmic. It was like conspiracy to commit like it was a lot of Brandon please okay wait Kyle then Brandon Someone. I was. I was just gonna say that Bobby Smurder's 2015 Chiali. <laughs> 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 Brandon, what, what are the what are the charges against against Bobby Smurder? I think somebody's Schmurder? gonna have to pull that up. Oh, Please. I'll pull it up. I I, I can imagine that that Brandon probably covered this story over a complex TV. What? I feel re I feel really bad because um I was in the court I was in the courthouse when it happened like when they were indicting him and he actually has more charges coming um it's going to be like the end of this month they're going to hit him with additional charges that they found the day they picked him up um you know honestly I can't keep up with them because there were a lot I mean it's definitely a lot of drug charges um conspiracy weapons charges, charges. I mean, yeah I mean weapons charges for sure and they found more weapons um when they picked him up at Quad Studios I mean like it's New York man you can't you can't have a gun like. Plaxico shot himself and went and played for the NFL and went to prison. <laughs> this guy's like involved in like a year's worth of investigation of like gang activity. And I'm, you know, I like Schmurter. Like, you know, I gave him his first interview. Like, I, I like him as a person. He's super charismatic. He's a nice guy. But I, we have no nice guys that are in prison, you know? Like, as far as what he contributed to rap. <laughs> he, the summer. All right. Look, he had the summer, you know, like that matters for us. But I don't know. It's like, that's a really. When people present it to me, it makes me feel. It makes me actually feel bad for saying free Max B because, like, yo, man, you, you break the law, like something's gonna happen, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like he broke one law or like, you know, Plexico he shot himself, which was crazy. Like this guy has like a string of like very serious charges, and like the guys he were wrong, like shooting cats, like Rowdy Rebel, they, <laughs> went well, to went to the Barclays, right? Was it? It's like yo, they said like he saw somebody he didn't like, he was beefing with or whatever. He gets involved in a shootout in front of Barclays wearing, like, let's say, like a sweatsuit. Shows up, like, three hours later to perform at Barclays wearing the sweatsuit. <laughs> that, like, again, I don't want to see anyone lose their livelihood, but it feels weird as a person for me to be like, yo, free that. Like, free that That's just, like, total d disregard. Like, I mean, it's, like, it's like not I, even trying. It's just a yeah. lack of thinking. And, like, yeah. I know it comes from, like, a very real place, and there's, like, other elements that play that, like, yeah. add into this, but, like, you know, if you, if you watch, like, just watch Twenty Four for a week. It'll like it'll it'll help you. You know what I mean? Like or just once. I, I watched Law and Order and it's kept me out of so much trouble. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's real. Like just you got to make an effort. You know, like, you got to try. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah. So, did we did we uh, ease your uh, suffering there, Peter? I mean, look, I, I'm not here defending anyone's stupidity. I, I'm defend. Look, I am defending hip hop. Okay, no, no. because you know what, Darmic? Mm -hmm. There are people in your generation and people that work over in the building where you are, Brandon, who who could care less about 
music. Okay. All you care about are click, 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 clicks. All right. I don't know any of those people. And and we live in in, in a time when you care about clicks, when probably the only time I will hear about a rap pioneer of my generation who's inspired, you know, rappers of your generation, the only time I will hear about them on certain sites is if they were arrested, if they had passed away, and so on, okay? That's what I'm defending, Darmic. Okay. That's what I'm defending. And Emily is mad in the corner because Emily could care less about music. Can we give Emily a microphone, please? That is not true. Oh. But I'm sick of your rants. Well, you know what? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, 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 Emily, okay. stay in the corner. <laughs> e- Emily's going to stay in the corner now. <laughs> Kyle, c- young Kyle wants to talk. Yo, Kyle, what up? Smurder kind of set the president for being Vine famous because he got big off of having a song on a Vine. So if there was no Bobby Schmurder, there'd be no OG Mako. Or so OT he, Genesis or the rest. Yeah. So like other people that had Vine hits, they at least were established. Like uh, Project Pat was a, had a Vine hit, but he was already Project Pat. But he's like the f- Bobby Schmurder. If there was no Vine, there'd be no Bobby Schmurder at all. That's so true. set pr- president center. That's actually, that's a really good point. And he, he had like not only a Vine hit, but it turned into a meme where other people were like making their own versions using his song. And like you, that's. But what does great. this have to do with music? I mean, that's like, like for you. Yes. For someone online. who can for someone who controls a social media page at an organization where you are paid by how many people land on your page, so click through your tweets. What what does this do for music? There's a music thing. show. I'm, I'm going to defend Internet for a second right now because it's the, the clicks that pay the bills and it's the clicks that pay for like the grander like I mean I I don't know what the beef with complex is and I I really don't know much of like the long form serious stuff you guys do but I do know that for most websites it's the clicks that pay for like the really cool stuff so you gotta have the clicks you gotta have you know why can't why sorry to cut you off on it why why can't the cool stuff pay the bills like why can't we live in an environment doesn't have a mass appeal and that's the problem. And that's, I mean, that's the problem with radio. It's a problem with top 40 music. That's what it is. And this is what I tell you a lot of times. Like, it's kind of a chicken egg thing you're arguing. Like, people gravitate to what people gravitate to. Like, people choose to click the five second vine over the three minute masterful song. Or okay, Darmic, when, when you hold the key to the, to the factory, okay? When you hold the key and you have that audience, you could feed them whatever you want, Darmic. You can bring the horse to or the world, you can Or, or Darmic, you could be a sheep like the rest of your generation. I, I so done like, with you. I Brandon? Like, I feel like there's a mix of that. Like there's like when I think about like early hip hop, right? Or at least the scenes I've been told about, it feels like it was really niche, right? Like it was like just like gathering like these guys that or people that were like, yo man, this is dope, let's make something happen. I feel like that same percentage is still I I think that percentage still remains. It's just there's way more people that like the idea of it. There's way more people that see watered down versions of it, diluted versions of it. But I feel like the people that still like the core hip hop, I feel like that percentage still remains. And even in different generations, I think that we've been snowed into the idea that it's bigger than it is, like what for what hip hop is. I think people like music. I think people like entertainment. And I feel like that's spiraled into those different versions. Whether it's like there's reality shows that they call like hip hop wives. Like how is that like and it's connected with the term hip hop. Yeah, but it's really just a bunch of like people on camera fighting. But it's still put in that same bucket for people, and they in their minds are like, "Yo, I love hip hop," but they don't love hip hop. They love seeing people fight on television. 
But these all these things like the labeling and how it's categorized has been spoiled. All right, here's what we do at the end of the show. This is 89.1 FM WNYU. Here's what we do. We each have a minute here. I'm going to throw some. Do we have a call, Darman? We do have a call. Well, take that call. All right. Is it for Emily? Call it. You're on the air. Yeah, yeah. What's up? I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody there. Happy New Year's. What's yeah. your name? Uh, this is Oops, man. Oh, what up, Oops? Yeah, yeah Oops. Yeah. That's good. It's an awesome name. Yeah, I, uh, quick comment. You know, what's going on in, with hip-hop and, and rap and just general everyday in life and people that work in social media also is that people are not taking responsibility for what they do and they don't care about what they put out in the world it's not constructive rap it's not constructive criticism and they just you know they do it for the money there you go fair enough oops when when you do when you take a job just to make money and that's your main goal um then you get what you pay for you know you get what you hear you know but when you know when you're into rap and you're into hip hop and, and you do it for the art form, you do it for the culture, you care about um, you know uh, you know rap moving forward, you know, then that's what you get. And the same as if you work on Facebook, if you work in, uh, you know, if you have a job where you tweet all day and that's all you do, you know, it, it has to be you have to put out in the world, you know, positive positive tips. Thank you, Oops. What you're saying is you, you have a choice. The, these people at the top have a choice, and they could continue the tradition of feeding crap to the masses. Yep. Then that's what they will do. Thanks, Oops. Yeah, man. And that was Oops from the BX. That's an awesome name. I, yes. Yo, Brandon, since, since you weren't here, we each have a minute. Banks. What, what's her name? Azilia Banks. Mm. Uh, called T.I. Akun. Yeah. How do you feel about this? We're going to go around the room. Is Ilya Banks outspoken? I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I feel like she has this weird thing of packaging, like, really dope ideas, like, in the the very infantile stages of it. It's like, okay, we understand what you're coming from. Like, the product itself is, is wholesome. The packaging and how she promotes it and then where it's, like, laying on the shelf is terrible. Putting that stuff on Twitter, like we were saying earlier, like, having it so you can be, like, taken out of context is a terrible placement for that. Uh, the packaging that it comes in when it's like presented with her other angry rants t- horrible right mm-hmm. and then you have like just it gets buried under her like like her shadow her, her calling him a coon uh, man you guys are gonna make this tough like uh, I feel like I understand where she's coming from what I've mm-hmm. done that no do I agree with her calling him a coon and especially with the arguments like about black culture and people looking in on it Another black person calling another black person a coon on a worldwide platform is probably not a great look. Mm. Dharmic X, how you feel about this? I think Azalea Banks does a great job of capturing the emotion that comes with the social injustice that has been experienced over centuries, but she doesn't necessarily do a great job creating something constructive out of it. And so, while a lot of what she says, especially that interview with Hot 97, you can, you can empathize with it and you can definitely relate to it, you know, there isn't necessarily anything coming out of it other than the degeneration of, a, of an argument that, that happens. And sometimes, and while she has those moments, she also has her moments where she wants to make it very personal. And, you know, she'll go after everybody who she feels has wronged her slash the culture in some way, shape or form. And that's when you're losing the point of why you set out to do this, uh, set out to stand up for a society. And, you know, I think some of these arguments with Bronson and Kendrick are, are, you know, just misplaced. Shot clock. 
Veronica de Souza. Souza? Did I yeah. get that right? You got it. Finally. You did it. Finally. Thank you. Man, so Azalea Banks, I really want her to work. I, re- I, I like her a lot. I like a lot of her songs, but I feel like she's so passionate about things that she doesn't think about how she, like, the message is there, but the language is off. And I think she uses a lot of slurs that she doesn't need to use. And, like, there's a, there's a lot kind of far, farther back where she was using, like, gay slurs. And that it's just not a good look for her. It's not a good look for the message that she's trying to put out there. And it really sets her back. It's like, you know, people use that as, as an excuse to not listen to her. And it's really unfortunate because she has a lot of really great, smart things to say, as as we saw in the Hot 97 interview. And it was a bummer that she does that. I want to thank our guests this evening, Brandon Jinx Jenkins. Dude, thank, thank you for, for coming me, through, man. Thank you. I appreciate having you here, and I look forward to having more people from the uh, Time and Life building <laughs> up in, in, in this very humble building down down here in the village. Veronica DeSouza. Yes, thanks for having me. Of Dig.com. You, you, I really, really appreciate you coming here. I know you probably have way better things no, to do. No, this is so much fun. Are you kidding? And I want, I want to thank young Kyle from uh, Fools Go Yo. Kyle. Thank you. And, of course, I want to thank the one and the only... Girl in the corner, Emily Oberg. Emily, do you have any parting words? Emily? Be happy and nice. Positivity always. Solid advice. NW3 Radio can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, blah, blah, and blah. We're here every Wednesday from 9 to 1030. Next week, we have the one and only Max Glazer and a very special guest. The following week, we have Robin Arzon, the the, uh, lawyer-turned-runner. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. Darmic, thank you. Hit the outro. Be well. Hit the outro. Hit the outro. Right. Halftime show next.